0: Welcome to this week's Red Voices. Things have taken a little bit of a turn this week with United snatching a narrow win at Celta Vigo in the Europa League, but also succumbing to a lackadaisical defeat at Arsenal earlier on this Sunday, which means that it really actually is Europa League or bust for United this season, which is fine. Always, always rated that trophy, right Rich?
1: Yeah, it's, it's always been on my list of must-wins.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Underrated, in my opinion, is that competition.
1: I I have to say, when it was the UEFA Cup, I thought it was great back in the day when there were the three trophies and they were all really good mm. fun. But but these days, it just doesn't seem to have the same luster, does it?
0: No, it doesn't. I mean, just just snapping us back into reality. Uh, I hear you've been arguing with people on Twitter again. Shockingly enough. No, not me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm I'm very frustrated. I suppose the the realization that we're going to finish outside the top four again has dawned for the third season out of four. And obviously it came about in the most, as you, I think you said earlier, lackadaisical way today. I just think it's absurd that we've got to a situation where, our, from where, where we were at the start of the season, we've got to a situation where our entire season depends on a second leg against Vigo and then winning the Europa League. And, and on those fine margins, either it's either been a success or an abject failure, which is, I think, incredible, really, given the, the hopes that we had at the start of the season. But there you go. <laughs>
0: I find it really, really difficult to disagree based on what we saw today. You know, today felt like we didn't necessarily lose top four. We just conceded it. You know, yeah. I, it felt very much like the way that Mourinho has been talking about it, almost like it's an obligation because it gets in the way of the Europa League. has been quite damning. And initially, I yes, all right, we know United have played a lot of games. And we know Mourinho has been very, very clear about, you know, saying how much of an effect that injury problems and scheduling has had on the team this season. We're not blind to that whatsoever. But it just, especially with the way that Liverpool and City have just continuously allowed us to be on the verge of being on the top four and for us to actually have had so many opportunities to join there and stay there, to have let things slip so limply today at the Emirates. It was just so Daft and so 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 poor to watch us just fold in such a fashion it really just did felt like I was replaying so many games from last season under Van Gaal in my mind in the sense that here we were in a game against a big club just struggling and then we went a goal down and then went two goals down and I just thought that's it we're done for this game we're not going to create too many chances we're not going to bother them too much and Arsenal were just able to lap up all this possession end up looking more dangerous and won incredibly comfortably
1: one of the things that's been bugging me for a while is that, that people talk about how we're you know, we're playing generally playing extremely well, creating chances and missing the chances. It seems to me that there have been far more very average games this season. Very average games in which we haven't necessarily created a ton of chances than there have been. Exceptional performances. So you could say, Yeah, the Chelsea game was a great performance, but before that or after that, I don't see another performance which was really anything much above mundane. One of my friends said to me the other day i mean i I pointed out the the good performances, and he basically he said to me you know any any every team has good performances in a season, you know virtually every team has good performances in a season, you know if we were Everton probably had eight or nine league games where they've really played very very well indeed and and you know blown some teams away at particularly at home and I don't think you could go much above ten games in which United have absolutely flown at anybody and missed a ton of chances." When you even go back to going back to Swansea last week. We created a couple of chances and got a penalty we didn't deserve. It looked like two bottom half scrappers. And I know we were missing a lot of players, but, you know, the the level to which we dropped off but when we when missing two or three key players was really, really, you know, quite damning. And I guess today felt like felt like the natural end to what has been, I think, a really average league camp, Premier League campaign. You know, we don't deserve to be in the top four because we just haven't been good enough, as you said, to take advantage of. The endless slips that the sides above us have experienced. It, it's just been really underwhelming.
0: And frustrating in just so many ways. And you know, I, I could totally see Liverpool drawing today. That didn't seem like a surprise whatsoever. Southampton had played really, really well against them over the last couple of years. Beat them in the uh, EFL Cup semi-finals. And you could see that result coming. But you just didn't know about us. You know, I... What is most surprising to me is the way that United have just, as I said, just conceded it. Especially with Spurs away, Salampton away and Palace at home. This is not like we're trying to, you know, chase down teams ahead of us. The teams ahead of us have been stumbling constantly. And before this weekend round of fixtures, we were one point, one single point out of the top four. But it just seemed like it was far too much of an inconvenience to actually really fight for it of late. It's been so, so strange. But uh, to be fair, this this is one of those things where we've had a really frustrating afternoon football watching and we're starting off on a really sour note. So let's at least start, well, go back for a little bit of positivity to last Thursday night for the first leg of the Europa League tie. So let's at least begin on a relatively cheerful note. We managed to get through that uh, first leg uh, in Spain without too much of a problem. You know, uh, made several chances, scored a good goal. Job kind of done, I guess. Rich?
1: Yeah, I don't think Celta are a special team, but I think on the you know on their day, any Liga team could give you a bit of a bit of bother. Obviously, they've been resting players for weeks in anticipation of this couple of games. And I, I think I think you're right. You can basically say that United it was a pretty professional away performance. I think. Pogba had one of his best games for United. I think he absolutely dominated the midfield. United never really came under any pressure, barring an early header, which perhaps should have been scored, but it went wide. And it looked like the game was following a very familiar pattern in that we created two or three really good chances and abjectly missed them. Lingard should have scored at least one, if not two. Mkhitaryan had a really good chance that he allowed the keeper to save. And it just kind of looked like we were going to come away from another game without the the lead that we deserved. But then obviously upstepped the boy wonder and did something magical
0: i mean it really was something magical you know you mentioned several chances through that game in terms of Celta's real bother i guess the only the real flashpoint was quite early on in the game you know daniel vast's header where bay missed the initial cross and then Vass just headed wide um Romero didn't come under too much pressure the real pressure was pretty much sergio alvarez you know he was the one who was pulling out ridiculous stops you know there was that Incredible shot that Rashford got off with barely half a metre space in front of him. And you could see from the moment it left his boot, it was calling into the top corner. And Alvarez pulled off a wonderful save to try and keep that out. Several times, you know, he snaffled up chances that guitar, and Lingard were having a clean run through. As you mentioned, Pogwa was looking incredibly lively, you know, came back into the side having missed the previous two games. Great to have him back. You know, Valencia captain the side for the night again. I, I thought defensively we looked pretty great. You know, Baye and Blind have looked quite useful, you know, and I think given how defensively suspect we looked in several positions earlier on today, uh, seeing Bai up alongside a, a ball playing centre back, one that's so good on the ball, was certainly quite useful. You know, there's an interesting dynamic between the two of them. You know, Bai's the the physical presence, you know, he's strong and he's fast and he'll win the ball and he'll put challenges in. Blind reads the game particularly well, good at passing, recycles it well. So yeah, it's an interesting combination that one. And given that Rojo has been out, this is by far the best combination we could possibly have at this stage of the season. It's been good to see that we were able to keep a team, as you mentioned there, that had basically rested their entire their entire side for the most part of the previous weekend. and done so again tonight. You know, Celta Vigo haven't really pushed out the players that would be playing in the second leg at Old Trafford on Thursday night with a keen eye on making sure that they don't get anyone injured. You know, this is their priority. You know, they're not pulling up trees in the league. This is their season essentially now. So... Yeah. I guess there is a there was a bit of a worry prior to kick off, but it never really felt like the result was in too much danger. I mean, I guess it was it was wonderful to get that goal when we did because it, it, I did start to wonder, okay, well we've seen this pattern before. We played quite well, created chances, but we haven't made the breakthrough. But what a way to make the breakthrough, right?
1: Yeah, it was just it was just a wonderful free kick. I think people have mentioned Beckham's um, <clears> at <throat> Everton. In- in 2003. It was a very similar kind of shot from a very similar position that curled away from the keeper into the corner, and Rooney scored one against Arsenal in the 8-2, as I remember, which was relatively similar. What was really good about it, I think, was that Rashford has the confidence to step up and you know take the ball. There are plenty of more experienced players in that team that would probably had like to have a go at that free kick, and he stepped up. You know, he's he's a teenager, and just the technique. There's only so so many players who have a technique to to pull off a shot like that from that sort of distance to get it over the wall and and down and inside the post with enough accuracy and that power that's an incredibly rare skill and mm. I think it's just another having said that Paul Scholes said last season he said you know you've seen so much of Rashford but you haven't seen his free kicks yet now we have
0: I don't want to go back
1: no absolutely not it's gonna be interesting to see you know whether he gets primacy over them over them in the new future when he's perhaps if we get one in the turn leg.
0: Yeah, I've watched the replay of that free kick several times as well. You know, Alvarez does move a bit to his left because he's expecting it to I think in swing in to his left-hand side, but it's hit with such power. You know, the ball is Barely spinning at that point, and the shape that he's yeah. got on that shot is absolutely incredible. Such a clean strike.
1: We love seeing that our homegrown, you know, Mancunians succeeding at United. I guess if there's one thing we saw, we saw with Danny wilbeck I guess the one, the one thing that he really failed to do was to really impact on big games. The most famous example was in clean through against Neuer, and he tried that ineffective chip, but he, he didn't ever, he didn't really ever grasp big games, and, and Rashford has has done that in the Premier League. And this was him now the last two games, him doing it in Europe, won the second tie against Anderlecht, then and he's he's pulled that out. You know, as you're saying it was a it was a pretty satisfying performance, but you wouldn't have necessarily thought so having seen Reno afterwards, who was basically raging at at the fact we weren't two or three ahead. I mean after the after the goal Lingard had another really presentable chance when he just kind of blazed the volley wide and Reno came hearing out of the dugout, counting on his fingers how many how many chances we've blown? I thought it was quite a mature away performance all round, but as Mourinho clearly felt as well, we we could have had that out of sight again, as we could have done really in Anderlecht. um and so we leave ourselves with a far more difficult second leg than than we really should have.
0: Mm, well, maybe not far more difficult, but I think needlessly. What's the word I'm searching for here? I think it's the potential to be more stressful than it necessarily needs to be. And that's the problem, is that we're not making life any easier for ourselves. And you're just banging yourself against this door all year long, just talking about us not taking our chances. But until we actually start taking our chances, is something we're going to have to discuss, isn't it? And unfortunately, we're still not quite doing that. So it's still a thing.
1: It is, and it feels like we're we're walking an incredibly high tightrope walk. You know, essentially, we're we're looking at either winning Europa League and and getting Champions League, and in which case you'd expect that a lot of the targets we're after will be available to us. Or if we don't win it, then suddenly you know you're looking at ab list. You're probably not going to get your Griezmanns or you know Lukaku or whoever. They've got better choices, and so the chance, the ability to get players in who are going to be more deadly and more more prolific, becomes harder and it just it, it, it's incredible we've just got to this stage where the season is just on a knife edge
0: it really is though this is the problem this is it the really huge is, worry yeah. is that it, we are now at a point where because we have essentially allowed top 4 to slip away again for what feels like the 50th time because surely now surely at this point given the games left given the fact that what there's Three games left of our season, we are not going to see enough slip-ups to get us back into those top four positions. That's got to be it now. The thing that makes this season successful, and I'm trying not to sound too down on the EFL Cup win because that was great, but that was several months ago. The only way that's going to make this season a complete success, or at least a success to a certain extent that at least we can build on it for next year, is winning the Europa League now. Because we're not going to get top four. So much hinges on that. If we're talking about the players that we hope to bring in, Champions League football is going to be a massive thing. And if we don't have that next season, then you're adding another year onto the amount of time you think it's going to take to develop this team. Because Lord knows what's going to happen to United next season if we've got another year of Europa League football to navigate because we have struggled with it so much this season.
1: That's exactly the thing, isn't it? We've 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 used that excuse all year. We've got the Europa League, you know, we've got all these games. It's been impossible to get any continuity or keep players fit. If we're in it again next year, then we, we face exactly the same problem. One of the things that, and I suppose it's strange after, after today, one of the things Mourinho finds it very difficult to do is to consciously surrender games or put out in you know, very, very weakened teams. And he's only really done it today out of a sort of last resort because he knows he has to. And I think the only way we, could, we can get away with it next year is really to toss off the Europa League and or not take the League Cup as seriously as we did this year. You can understand in the first season Mourinho's desire to win as much as he can and to win as many games as he can. And to to a degree, because we started so badly, we've been chasing our tails and those cup competitions have kept us alive. But next season, if if we're in it again, he's got to take some seriously hard decisions and I think that's probably going to involve sticking out the stiffs in the Europa League and just concentrating on the Premier League and getting ourselves back in the Champions League again
0: sure i mean it, it's such a gigantic step at the minute to see this united team being able to be involved in a title race isn't it you know it, we were out of it by november maybe a little bit yeah. at, sooner than that october time it just it felt like we were out of the equation very very quickly and we didn't have the consistency really to get ourselves back into it and with Europa League football to navigate, everything just seems to get so much harder because you're just locked into that schedule for the first half of the season. And if you get even further than that, then you've got a further, what, eight knockout games to navigate. There's more mm. games to to navigate in terms of knockout rounds than there are in the goddamn group stages in that thing. Yeah, yeah I, I just, I don't know. It, it will cause huge, huge damage to what we hope to do next season, I feel, if we don't get this done. and I just feel like the pressure then just seems tenfold on making sure that we get past Vigo and then potentially, you know, you're looking at most likely facing Ajax in the final in Stockholm, the pressure on us to finish that game, to get through that game and to win, to win to win the trophy, but also to get Champions League football now just seems like it's absolutely huge. But it's a situation that, I mean, I don't know, it just feels avoidable. It doesn't feel like things had to be this way. And we'll move on to the Arsenal game today. And I know that there are definitely caveats to come into the performance and analysing that uh, display when it comes to tiredness, when it comes to a lot of players returning from injury. But there's just no way that that is good enough.
1: No, I I can understand the Mourinho's desire to completely focus on the Europa League now.
0: Now, yeah, but this is the thing, you know, Liverpool drew earlier on today. There was a chance to get back in
1: his decision to play a changed changed squad. Yeah. But that's not the thing that annoys me. The thing that annoys me is the way we approach the game because Arsenal are in pretty wretched form and extremely low on confidence. Wenger's resorted to a different formation. Um, He's playing, you know, pretty strung together back three today. And I, I think they were there for the taking. I think that they could have been beaten and it didn't matter if we had a go at them and lost. But we didn't. It felt like a friendly game. You know, the pace was incredibly slow for a lot of the game. Whilst we had a couple of chances, one of them was gifted to us by Arsenal. We just faded away and obviously after Arsenal scored a couple of goals, we just jacked it in. And the the most ridiculous moment was when Mourinho brought on Rashford. In a game we'd already lost, that we weren't even trying to win, he brought on the player he was trying to protect for for the Europa League on Thursday. Mourinho was, was interviewed before the game today and he was asked whether whether his his changed team could, could beat Arsenal today. He didn't say it in as many words, but his answer basically said was, was no. It was all, we've had to make a lot of changes, we've got players coming back from injury, we've had to rest players, we've had to play a couple of players who didn't want to. And it, he didn't say a single positive thing about the possibility of getting a result from the game today. It just looked like he, he'd stuck out a team with as many changes as he could manage. And he just wanted to get the game over, lose it and move on um, or, or draw it and move on. And it it took to five now, the games the games we've played away against, uh, in all competitions against teams in the top six. And we've not scored a goal in, in any one of those games. And off the top of my head, we can't have created more than a couple of chances in any of those individual games. It wasn't the team he picked, although, there, you know, obviously... There was an individual mistake for the second goal, but it wasn't the team we picked. It was the way we went about that game. And I just think it was really disappointing and defeatist. And if Moyes had done that, we'd be absolutely fuming.
0: Mm. No, I agree. I, I I don't think it was the team. I think the team, I said it before the game, I thought it was good enough to cause Arsenal some problems. And on occasion, we kind of did. You know, you could see again that United was similarly trying to do. It was similar to the City set wasn't it? It was basically yeah. trying to hit our fast runners and cause Arsenal some problems at the back. And, you know, the best chance of the game fell as a result of pressurising when they were defending. You know, what was it, Matt Holland with that short pass back that Cashelli didn't get to, and then Rooney looked up, decided to go for the shot, with check right in front of him, and matter was quite well placed to slot home, potentially. And the team that started that game, for me, have enough quality to have caused Arsenal more problems and to put on more pressure than we did. And the frustrating thing is, not only did we not do that, it didn't look really look like we were capable of doing that, you know, at any point. And I know that Mourinho. We've all seen this over the years. Mourinho really likes to do the situation in the bigger games against the more well, against the bigger clubs, where he likes to get United you know, to sit back and be very calm, try and control the game as best as possible, and then spring to life on the counter attack. But we've seen enough times this season that he doesn't quite have the players at the moment in order to make that system work so there has to be another way of playing in this in these games that will get us something more positive from the situation and maybe the argument is that it did work against city but we didn't play well you know we defended quite well but in terms of our actual Ball retention and our chance creation. The second half, we were turgid against City, (laughs) and we weren't really that much better today. You know, after after that first goal, you know, I mean, all right, it was the the reflection was unlucky for Amanda. I know that there was a lot of criticism for him for not basically taking the hit, but the the way the ball curved above and over Dave and into the back of the net so high up was freakish. Unlucky, fair yeah. enough, it happens. The second goal was not defended well, but the problem is not so much that the second goal went in, is that you didn't necessarily trust United to make chances and step up a gear after we went a goal down. And This has been the problem. You know, We still don't really have ability to switch things up, do we? In the sense that we can put a bit more pressure, in the sense that we can turn up the heat and really start creating when we need to in those sort of situations, when we have gone behind. It just feels like... We have a way of playing in these sort of situations and if it doesn't quite work and if we go behind, the system just seems to go in the bin and we don't really seem to be able to offer much else.
1: I think if we go go behind as well, we just lose, we lose a lot of faith because we know we haven't got a lot of goals in us. We have to score the first goal if we're going to win a game. And and the moment that, you know, that first goal went in, it didn't for a minute feel like there was a way back into that game and ultimately we just kind of collapsed. There's clearly something wrong with Mourinho's approach to away games against the bigger teams, in that it hasn't worked this season. You just have to wonder how of, how often do you keep throwing shit at the wall and hoping it sticks before you realise that, that it that it's not sticky enough. If you know not I we mean. as we've already said, it just felt that felt like a pathetic capitulation today, and it you know there was having Liverpool having had having drawn in the day, and Arsenal being in the the rut that they're in at the moment. That didn't have to be a giveaway and it felt and it sounded from Mourinho's tone before the game that that was just a giveaway. He didn't care about that game and it, and everything was on Thursday. And, I, you know, maybe, you know, he's taking a very, very serious gamble there. And if it pays off, then all power to him. But it's a very dicey one and it's very annoying to have witnessed what we've witnessed today and just accept it as part of a greater plan.
0: What was your view on the second goal anyway? I know there's been a lot of criticism about the defending. How did you view it?
1: I think Dami didn't get close enough to, to the man who was crossing. And Chris Smalling just lost his player. I, I can't, you know, there was one, Welbeck was the one player in the middle of the goal. Chris Smalling just had to mark him. Chris Smalling just sort of wandered off. And in the end, it was a free header from about six yards and that shouldn't ever, ever happen. I think that's rather symptomatic of him. I think on a personal level, I wouldn't be surprised if it finishes him off as a United player because I can't imagine that Mourinho will retain both him and Jones this summer. And it wouldn't surprise me at all. Although I've said the same thing before about Rocco and all all sorts of other players, but Smalling surely must be at the end of his rope for United. And I think that was just another example of how he switches off and is costly for us defensively.
0: Well, the funny thing is, how much have we heard Mourinho talk about rushing players back and getting Smalling and Jones back and saying, if it was me, I'd be back in there. And then that happens. It really shows up the fallacy of trying to push players back in that sort of circumstance. If they're not necessarily 100% fit, And trying to drop them into that pressure cooker situation where United do need a positive result, where we do necessarily need to win, unless you want to put all of your eggs in the Europa League basket. And that's how it turns out. You know, I mean, you know, Captain Hindsight again, there he is waving at us with his handkerchief. I don't know. I'm losing myself in this metaphor, but you understand what I mean. You know, the fact that it's fallen apart on some of these players coming back into the side and not necessarily performing to a level that we've seen them at before, but more performing to a level that we really have seen them at far too often that we don't appreciate is a bit of a concern. You know, Rooney again was chasing and harrying down, but not really that great today either you know he was terrible, as, you know, it, he was terrible. It, it was so much like Rooney van Halen midfield you know that is exactly what it was for me it was just try hard try and look like you're dictating it but in terms of the way that he just not necessarily slows up our play but the lack of invention and the lack of i don't know is it vision is it awareness is it just the skill to be able to do something different i'm not sure what is it
1: I think it's everything now, isn't it? I think I think his touch has gone, his his pace, his physicality, his mobility. Everything's just dropped. And any any team that he's now picked in, and I think there was to a degree that the same could be said of Michael Carrick today, who I think really struggled with the with the pace of the game. Is that any team, particularly that Rooney's picked in, is carrying him? He was carried against Swansea. You know, you're playing with ten men and Rooney. It is really sad to see one of our great players at this stage. But there's talk of him going to Everton, like I can't. See what possible use Everton would have for him. He's not anywhere near the level of a sort of top quarter of the table Premier League footballer anymore. I think Carrick. You know, we keep. <coughs> I think we're keeping Carrick on next season probably because he's English and because we can't buy as many possibly as many players as we need in, in another window. But particularly having ruined in the team is a, is a real impediment to everybody else, and it's not his fault. Well, I suppose I, you could, you could argue his physical decline is his fault, but he's always, he always gives his best, but his best is just. Miles off now, but hey, Ewan. What? There was one United player who played extremely well today. Segway, segway,
0: segway, segway, segway. I was actually thinking the same thing. God, we're so in sync. How good was Axel today? He kept Alexis Sanchez in his pocket for most of that game. My favourite part was not long into the second half, where he passed the ball into midfield, but didn't really reach anyone, and then the ball came back down that flank. And then he won it back from Alexis, and Alexis tried to barge into him and knock him off the ball, and just bounced off him.
1: Yeah, there's something of the Eric By about him in, the, in in their physiques. They're both clearly very, very complete athletes. They're quick, they're strong, they're extremely agile and flexible. He's got a lot. He's got pace. The, he's got so many attributes that could make him a really fine defender. And the question is, you know, whether he actually has the the defensive now to to eventually become a top player. And I think Mourinho did the right thing in introducing him at right back because it just allows him to feel his way in without the pressure of potentially making a mistake that leads to a goal. And, you know, Fergie did that with quite a few players, along, centre-backs along the way. But yeah, I mean, I, th- I think he had an outstanding game today. There's a couple, a couple of times he was caught out of position, but it's not his position and he's 19 years old, so you'd expect that. I think it was quite telling that he he pretty much outperformed any other any other United player and and really did a job on on Sanchez who is really a world class footballer.
0: This is very true. Kev would be shouting all the way down from Cardiff at you just to say that Matteo Darmian was playing at left back not right back but I don't think we can make that excuse anymore now he, he vastly outperformed the defenders around him all of whom are far more experienced all of whom are internationals and all of whom have got a lot more Premier League football under their belts than he did you know, that was his first game and I thought he was great You know, that's another option I mean again you know, Mourinho gets the decision on when to bring him in but I, th- I think he's kind of proven with that performance that he was ready a little bit sooner than Mourinho might have thought he was. You know obviously he knows far more about the situation than we do because he sees him in training and looks after him and all that sort of stuff but there's very clear quality there. He dealt with the occasion very well, he dealt with the San- he dealt with Sanchez very well and that was a really commanding performance and in a position where you know there you could see an opening popping up at right back at some stage because you know I don't know if Valencia is going to be able to offer 30, 40, what, 50 performances next season perhaps. Maybe you will need to spread those right back selections around. He could be an option. That would be quite interesting. And that's not necessarily where he should be starting because it's worth pointing out. It's not his natural position. But there we go. So moving on from that because there's really not much more to pick out of that defeat at the Emirates Rich that now chucks a tremendous amount of pressure, all or nothing essentially, on Celta Vigo on Thursday night, second leg and potentially Europa League final. So yeah, let's look at Thursday night. How do you think it'll go?
1: I think United will win. I think we just simply have better players than, than Vigo do. But in not putting the first game away by a couple of goals at the very least, it means that if if, if Celta score either the first or the second goal in the game, then things get very, very edgy indeed. Yeah. And and it didn't need to be that way. Personally I think they're a poorer team than Anderlecht are. But Anderlecht actually came out in the home leg and really I'd say they probably outplayed United for a good proportion of the first half, which which, you know, really surprised us having having really dominated them for the majority in, in Brussels. And I think Celtic could certainly do the same if we if we come out as lackadaisical as we did in the first game and as tactically we were just set up wrong in that in that first game, and it took Mourinho till half time to really address the imbalance in in the midfield and sort of rest back control of the game. If he gets the tactics right, then we I think we win that game pretty comfortably. But if he doesn't, then he could just could get a bit diggy as as the infamous Danny Dyer might say.
0: Uh, I mean, I feel like it doesn't need to be this way. Is the slogan of this season? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be frank, in several ways in in what we've seen, it, it, it's, it's a funny old one. I mean, I agree. I, I think we should just about have enough individual quality to get through it. But the fact that we didn't necessarily put the tie, uh, make make this second leg a bit more comfortable has the opportunity to bite us on the backside because it definitely did when we played Anderlecht at Old Trafford in that second leg a couple of weeks ago because you know that away goal made things far more nervy and more difficult than it needed to and then suddenly we were playing extra time and I really hope that we avoid any sort of scenario that was anything similar to that and we are just able to put the game to bed nice and quickly and early and put a d- decent amount of daylight to the point where then we can start to try and control the game without having to create chances maybe let Celtic come to us a little bit and maybe try hitting them on the break, that would be wonderful, but Perhaps more than any United side in recent memory, this Mourinho's side does not do things the easy way. So I'm expecting a cagey night, put it that way, and I'm not necessarily sure it will be massively enjoyable, but I think we should just about get through it. When it comes to the final, good grief. I mean, the amount of pressure that could potentially be on that game from our perspective is huge, but I guess we'll cross that bridge if we get anywhere near it, based on what happens on Thursday, won't we?
1: The difficulty with facing Ajax is that it's an incredibly young team. I think the, the majority, I think, I think, like nine of the players who beat Leon four one are under twenty one. It's it's an incredibly young team, and they have absolutely nothing to lose in a final against us. If they lose, they they lose nothing. We've we've literally got the weight of the near future of United resting on that game before we get to the final. You know, we, we get through Thursday, but then we've got an incredibly high-pressure final, potentially. I mean, across that bridge when we come to it, I'd rather be playing in finals than not. It just it's, it's just annoying that we can't enjoy a final if we get there as much as we would normally, because everything, the season, the future, everything seems to rely on it to a large degree.
0: Mm. Let's, let's diffuse attention a little bit and jump into our Twitter questions for the week. This one from <laughs> from Dan, at MUFC underscore Dan87. Will Smalling become a regular at Blackburn next season? And will he struggle to make the first 11 as they look to bounce back to the championship? Ouch! Daniel, good grief.
1: Chris Smalling kind of has Everton written all over him, I think. I think Everton, or maybe... Although Everton are moving up in the world, aren't they? uh Watford? At Stoke or Watford or something. He could reunite with Tom Cleverley. <laughs> I reckon that would be the per- perfect the perfect combination they can hold hands on the way down
0: I would really like to see Smalling and Jones show us that they can be the defenders that we know they can be on a regular basis and be a really great partnership for us but the fact is that I have more faith in Rojo and Bailly and Blind in the centre-back position than I have the three of them and there's no way, if you look at the fact that Daley Blind is still ostensibly not a centre-back, that that is acceptable. You know, they've been overtaking the pecking order by three players, one of whom has had a pretty nondescript two years at United and has suddenly shown us that he's got a lot more to centre-back than we thought he could genuinely offer at United. Bailly is a young lad that just came over from Spain. And Daley Blind is, again, mention it again, not a centre-back. And they have outperformed them both this season. Mm. And that's just that's just not good. Anyway, cash uh, Patil uh, asks, how much of United's woes are down to the previous regime and how much is it down to the current one? Yeah, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think it's both, isn't it? I think the squad is, is weaker than it should be. LVG made some poor signings, which Mourinho's in the process of getting rid of. But I think this season has been deeply disappointing given the players that we have at our disposal. Yeah, as you say, a bit of both.
0: At our... Uh... Zero Y Keen asks, Now top four is absolutely gone. There's no middle ground for this season. Excellent or very poor? On a scale of 1 to 10, how worried are you?
1: Is this about the future of humanity or, or, or just this season?
0: I mean, neither's looking that great at the moment. But, I mean, well, I, I mean Macron won the election today, so that's something, he, right?
1: He did, he did. So, yeah, at least France won.
0: Yeah, well done France, good job.
1: Well done France, exactly. Out of 10, I have a confidence level currently of six factor six of us doing the job on Thursday and then in the final and then being able to sign the players we want and moving on to a glorious future under Jose Mourinho Jose Felix Mourinho
0: Hmm. it's a funny one isn't it it just feels like this season as we've said so many times in this episode is just hinging on the Europa League and it doesn't feel like it needed to be that way it's going to be incredible to see what the effect of that if we get to that final if we're able to get past Vigo on Thursday what the effect of that game is going to be on United's future the players that could decide to go elsewhere or stay who are going to be able to bring in what next season will look like because we're again trying to challenge in the Europa League and trying to just be in a title equation for some point up until Christmas, because it just feels like we've been, we haven't had a look in, you know, we've been pressed against the window when it comes to the title race for so long now. Four years. It'd be we, wonderful to be back involved in it. We, we've not. I mean, to be fair, we were actually involved in it for the first half of last season, and then it was that Bournemouth game, wasn't it, where it felt yeah. like it finally pulled away from us, because we could have gone second had we beaten Bournemouth just after we got knocked out of the Champions League. Yeah. So we were kind of there or thereabouts last season, but not anywhere into the new year.
1: I wonder about the future of Mourinho as well. How how pivotal pivotal it could be for that? Because if we didn't make the Champions League this season, I could see us being stuck in this perpetual loop of games and mediocrity, <clears throat> getting to kind of this point or March or April of next season in a very similar position. That Mourinho just slowly mentally breaking down, laying into increasingly laying into his players as his own failings and their failings become kind of chronic. As part of his his tenure, and then an enormous explosion towards the end of the season,
0: and they then they tie him up with a microphone wire and chuck him outside of Carrington the stage of coup. Yep,
1: <laughs> pretty much. I mean, if, if 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 we were dealing with this similar season next season, I don't think he'd make it past the end of next season either, because he'll have blown into a million pieces, or or Woody will have planted a, a bomb under his car, oh. taking him out, taking him out before around around about May the tenth. <laughs> 2018.
0: Oh, I mean uh, you say that, I know it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but if next season is anything like this season it's going to be... I really really hope and think that there is some genuine positives to take from this season, regardless of what happens between now and the end of this month. But, the way that it could fall off a cliff, depending on the way these next few games go, is absolutely incredible. You know, we could if things go horribly wrong on Thursday... Then we're staring at three league games that are essentially dead rubbers, really, aren't they? And the way that that could end the season on such an incredibly sour note is remarkable. And the idea of Mourinho having to trudge through another season of this, I don't think he'd handle it. I, I think there would be an explosion to some degree, and I think it would all go to pot again. And I really, really hope that we don't see that happening. But the problem is, is that... There is a possibility of that exact situation occurring if we don't buck our ideas up. And I would love to see us do it. And I do think there's a great possibility of us winning the Europa League. Am I confident? Um, uh, come back to me on that one. Uh, at Philmatic asks, hello, why is everyone not as good as Marcus Rashford? I would love to be as good as Marcus Rashford at anything. Like stamp collecting, I'd be all right with that, you know, or, or just washing up. If I was the Marcus Rashford of washing up, I would be so chuffed with my life. I tell you what,
1: one of the greatest luxuries that Marcus Rashford has is that for, for two seasons, he'll have played, well, a season and a half, he'll have played and trained alongside Wayne Rooney, the original Boy Wonder, and he'll, he'll be fully aware of the effects of, of boozing and, and other misadventures can have on your career. And I think that Rashford will wish to avoid such pitfalls and will want to be a world class player well into his thirties.
0: I mean, good grief, Rich. I mean how are you gonna feel when Rooney takes you to court because he can't get the knife out of his back that you just put there?
1: It wasn't me, I have an alibi. Okay, where? <laughs> I was I'm not backing you up, get stuff. <laughs> I, I was on the on my own in the house. I do genuinely think, you know, Rashford's in a good place. I think he's been very lucky to break into the team when he has and he's had the chance to grow to a degree and I would think he'd like to make, not make the same mistakes that other high-profile wonder kids have done at some point in their career. So go Marcus. This
0: is true. I'm a, I, I I like him. He's good in my opinion but there we go. I think there's definitely something to that what I would really like to see going forward and perhaps to a certain extent next season regardless of who comes in is that we do something similar to what we've done this year in the sense that we don't put all our eggs in the Marcus basket. It would be really nice to see us spread goals around a little bit and not rely on one single outlet. You know, For the large part of last season, it was Martial, and then Rashford's come in, and obviously he's been playing second fiddle to Ibrahimovic, and he's been the main source of goals. And Zlatan injured, and his United career almost definitely over at this stage now. Rashford's been the one that you look at to make something happen but it would be great next season even if we are in the Europa League whatever happens just to know that we've got someone who can come in and just make a difference and to provide a little bit more spark and to be able to sort of share that goal scoring burning around that'd be great anyway Rich let's leave it there for the evening thank you very much for joining me for uh, what was a, a very very interesting 50 minutes let's put it that way yes
1: yes it was and thank you to you too sir well, for what? Just being suave and marvellous as usual. Oh,
0: literally no response to that. Thank you, darling. Just enough time to remind all of you that you can get us all over the internet. You can get Rich at RichardCan76. You can get me at EwanLennart. You, you can get the pod at RedVoicesMUSC all over Twitter. And you can also get our website at redvoices.net should you require any further information on the podcast or anything that we're doing. Have yourselves a fantastic week. We'll see you later. Bye bye.